Welcome to the HSCT Warriors Podcast, bringing voice to the journeys of HSCT Warriors worldwide. I'm Dr. Jen Stansberry Koenig, or Zen Jen, moderator of meaningful conversations and convener of community. Whether you are or know someone who is battling multiple sclerosis, rheumatoid arthritis, type 2 diabetes, scleroderma, lupus, or any of the 24 autoimmune diseases that HSCT can halt, or are simply inspired by transformational journeys, you are in the right place. We all take the chance with HSCT because we believe it is our only hope for a life free from progressive disease. This podcast is dedicated to the warriors whose journey with HSCT ended too soon. We honor their advocacy, their legacies, and their spirits. As we continue to grow the HSCT warrior community, illuminate the invisibilities of autoimmune disease, recognize the possibilities of a future free from disease progression, connect through our shared experiences, and advocate for an inclusive society. We are glad you've joined us. Welcome to episode one. Joining us today is Allie from Philadelphia who received HSCT on November 6th, 2017 from Dr. Richard Burt at Northwestern Memorial Hospital. Thank you so much for agreeing to share your story, your snowflake, your unique experience uh, with HSCT. So Allie, welcome. Thank you. Thank Thank you you so much for having me. Thank you for being a part of this. Um, I'm curious to know, how did you first learn about HSCT? I first learned by getting to a place in my own disease progression that I had never been before and going down a road of not fitting with the current medications and needing to find better answers for myself. Um, I'm a, I'm the kind of personality that just doesn't settle well for nothing. There's nothing left we can do. Mm. So I decided to do some research and happened to come across something on Facebook about someone in Russia and going through this stem cell stuff. And I thought, well, I don't know if I feel good about that, but I'm going to dig a little deeper. And I found Chicago. And that started my journey of what's next? Well, and the research piece um, is critical for particularly people that don't hear about this from their doctors or hear about it as an option even to enroll in a clinical trial. Um, there's uncertainty with all of that. And so finding your way through research, I'm sure, was not always straightforward. And it's good to just point out that it's not straightforward for a lot of us. It is not straightforward. And the unfortunate thing, which I'd like to just touch upon for a second, is that I wish that more neurologists um, were knowledgeable of HSCT um, today. Maybe it was more experimental previously and there was fear behind it, but I think that stem cell is the way of future medicine and 
the information is coming to the forefront in the news and in medical journals and doctors need to be aware of it and open to the conversation versus shutting the conversation down with patients and turning them away or making them more fearful of what could be versus being open to a conversation of what could be and let's research it. And even if they're not 100% on board with it, to be able to say, there is this thing out there, I don't know how I feel about it, but here's what it is, and, and maybe you should do the research. Or do it together. Um, well, it'd be I agree great to have a doctor. Together. Right. It's great to have the doctor do it together, but even if you can't get that and you still have this doctor you have felt okay with, comfortable with, to be able to have the doctor say, I don't. I think it's something to research versus at, le at least let them not start to continue shutting it down. Yes. The no is so hard to hear and um, unreasonable at this point in the research and what's been coming out with findings. A hundred percent, a hundred percent unreasonable. Doesn't that the no should never be said at this point. And so hopefully we're on just the, the tipping point, right? Like we're close to moving the needle yes. and shifting the needle so that doctors yes. can become more aware. And I, yes, that's part of the intention with this podcast is to get that awareness out there and share more of our stories of success, regardless of the radar. Um, and mm -hmm. the overall feeling in the community, being able to talk to real individuals who have experienced HSCT, hearing their stories, um, and the success being just halting progression, right? That's all right. we're really looking for. Um, and being able to share more stories about that, what that success looks like and how different it looks like across the spectrum. So um, again, thank you for agreeing to share your story. What led you to accept the invitation to be a part of today's podcast? Um, my experience um, in Chicago was very unique. Um, more unique than I could have expected it to be. And I think that people um, should, I think people need to hear more about HSCT. They need to know that, you know, there's a lot of fear behind the words chemotherapy. And, you know, killing an immune system, quote unquote. And I think there's that by hearing stories from people that have gone through it and that are here today to talk about it, it pulls away some of the fear from it. And it gives hope to people that are struggling with autoimmune disease to know that there is an option out there and that it's getting safer and safer all the time. And I just think that people just absolutely need to know about it. Thank you for um, seeing that importance and helping to alleviate some of the fear associated with this, um, with HSCT overall, with even the research of going through it and just the mm -hmm. experience of autoimmune disease. There can be so much fear just in living the day to day with mm -hmm. um, autoimmune disease. So you talked about your unique experience a little bit or touched on it. I could ask you to dig deeper into that um, 
experience. Why was it so unique for you? But that's only if you're comfortable talking about it. Uh, my experience was very unique. Um, I think I need to start by saying that when we go into HSCT, from evaluation to recovery, we we get involved in Facebook groups. There are many of them, might I add. There is the Chicago group. There are specific Dr. Burke groups. There's groups from other places in the world. Um, there's veteran groups. There's, you know, time of year groups. Um, and so you meet a lot of people. When you're going through the process, you jump into these groups because you want to meet people. You want to hear so much when you're first getting started on your journey. You want to hear people's stories. You want validation that this works and you want to take your fear out of it by hearing everybody's story. So the Facebook groups in the beginning are a great source. Um, and I am incredibly grateful for them because I, I met some wonderful, wonderful people in my life that have come and stayed. And some of those people were people that um, I got to go on this journey with. Um, two other women that I connected with um, in the beginning of the journey, we met, we uh, lived in different places and we met and connected through Facebook and then through text messages and through phone calls, we got to know each other. And we were, um, the other two women were a day apart in their journeys. And I was one week behind them. Um, and I think it's okay for me, if it's okay for you, I believe it's okay to say their name, their first name. Absolutely. Well, and even just to highlight the importance of having that community of support yes. to go through so, it with you. Yes. So I went through my journey with um, Carol and Brandy. Um, and if people that listen to your podcast uh, have followed the Chicago journey and even outside of the Chicago journey, I think people all over the HSC CT community worldwide know who we are, um, know who definitely who Carol is. So, um, we formed a bond and I think what happens is you meet all these people and somehow it narrows down just by character traits and personality traits. You just kind of connect with your people. Um, and we just did. And also our timing. Um, and I will say there were other people that came along the journey in my time that I met and talked to. Um, but somehow it was these two women, um, the three of us that became like the three musketeers Bonded. and we, we, we formed a bond and we became the, <laughs> the funny thing is we became what we called ourselves, the bunnies and tiaras. Um, and the reason we came up with that was because, um, we had talked about, uh, what we were going to wear to do like a f photos together, like people do with Dr. Burt and what could we do? And we had talked about it. And so I'm not, I think, it was actually Carol who got the tiaras. We were we were sending messages to each other about what we were going to get, Wonder Woman headbands or glasses or whatever, and Carol got these tiaras. And I had gotten 
these matching bunny slippers that Fuzzy we all bunny have. bunny slippers. And um, so we all had them. And so we were the bunnies and tiaras, STEM sisters. And um, so we just really connected. And I think the unique experience for, for me was that I was with them. And um, unfortunately, as a lot of people know in the HSCT community, is that Carol did not survive her transplant. Uh, she got sick and she passed away. And I, Brandy and I were both in the hospital on the same floor. The three of us were together. Um, and just days before uh, Carol had passed away, we had all spent some time together. We had walked the floors together. We were constantly in conversation. We had spent time in the uh, one of the family gathering rooms together talking about all our plans to visit I was going to visit the girls because they both were in Texas I was actually going to go to Texas to visit them after I did my healing journey so we had a lot you know talked about our plans and um unfortunately what happened happened plans um, change things change life changes and plans change and um and I think it bonded us for life um Carol is no longer with us, but I think that Brandy and I absolutely hold a part of her soul in our hearts and in our own souls. And um, in November, on November 6th, which will be my one year HSCT anniversary and one week after Brandy and Carol's, I will be in Texas with Brandy visiting Carol for our anniversaries. That's so beautiful. So that is what makes my HSCT journey so unique. Um, there are other pieces to it as well that I did not go into yet, but um, my getting sick right after Carol and having something similar that was thankfully Dr. Burke caught and treated very aggressively. But the three of us in the bond we shared is what made it so unique for me. And Brandy and I now talk almost daily and um, are really have become quite connected, almost like family. It's a bond that is stronger than um, anything else. Anything else you might be able to create. Um, yes, yes. It, and it's hard to explain or imagine. Um, mm -hmm. And I mm -hmm. was not in Chicago at the same time as you, Carol and Brandy. But I certainly feel so connected with you all because yes. I was alone during my experience um, and kind of the front runner for you all. You were. I felt so connected. Um, you were. In terms of modeling the positive experience and, and the possibilities. And as we know, things change, plans change. And um, some things uh -huh. are unanticipated. And um, uh -huh. Your journey, visiting you in Chicago, I just will say this. Your journey, your very Zen Gen and who you are, carried me into how – it. What I saw with how you dealt with your time in Chicago allowed me to plan my time in Chicago. Obviously, we can't control things that are out of our control, but it allowed me to plan how I would decorate my room, mm. number one, and how I would go on my journey inside myself and in my mind. And because of 
the time I got to spend with you and talk with you in Chicago, my room became my Zen. And so my mother and I specifically decorated my room to be very Zen. And I never ended up really watching TV. Beautiful. Um, It was more, I listened to a lot of meditation and music and um, didn't watch any TV. And everybody that came into my room during my time there said they would, sometimes even some of the nurses would pop their heads in just because they said to come in was so calming to be in my room. Yes. They said the same to me. Yes, absolutely. And I have to say that I don't know if it would have been that way if I hadn't met you first because you, your vibe was so peaceful and I wanted to be able to feel that and carry that with me in a, so that I could you know, be able to work my mind in that calming way during times where I maybe couldn't control it. Thank you so much for saying so. That's uh, really a gift. Um, I didn't realize how inspiring, but I'm... Um, yes, it was very. Glad you could even just feel the vibe when we met in person. Um, mm-hmm. Because I could sense your anxiety and I could sense the um, uncertainty, right? Because you mentioned yeah. that you like, yes. to, you like to be yes. in control, you like to plan. Yes. And so even to hear you say the words that plans change <laughs> um, just helps me recognize how much this has shifted your own internal being and your own awareness. Yes. And so that said, how, how is recovering from HSCT going for you? My recovery is going very well. Uh, I have, so my pre transplant issues were, I had uh, probably my most severe things were digestive. My digestive system was my most damaged. I couldn't eat a single meal for the last 11 years without getting sick. Mm. And I suffered pain every day of my life for the last probably six years, six, six to eight years. And post-transplant, do you have that pain? Post-transplant, I can eat pretty much anything without any issues. That's amazing. Um, I don't have daily pain at all. Wow. Almost, I would say 98% of my pain is gone. Um, Very interesting things with a new immune system, which I I do want to point out, very, very amazingly interesting. When I went off the MS medications in 2008, um, I was on Rebif uh, Re- and then Avonex. And when I went off of those, I suddenly became allergic to onions and was left with all kinds of like digestive stuff. Onions like to hide in a lot of processed, prepared food. They are in pretty much everything because they're flavor. They use them for flavor. I never had an issue with them my entire life until I went off the medication, and then all of a sudden, I developed almost an allergy to them. I mean, to the point that they couldn't touch anything. I not even the oil of the onion could be in anything. Um, so this was 
always. I mean, it would make me violently ill. I couldn't eat anything in the onion family. I am no longer allergic to onions. That's amazing. <laughs> okay, so that is one thing that is unbelievably fascinating to me. How does that feel? Other than well, being fascinated by it, how does that it, feel? It It is very freeing. Now, I won't eat a raw onion. I am still afraid to eat it because I do get a little bit of a, for about an hour or so, because I have come into contact with them, which is how I know. Um, I do get a little bit almost like a heartburn sensation, a mild, and then it goes away. So I don't get sick. It's just I can tell that I've eaten it. Um, it may get better over time, but I don't see myself eating raw onions for the sake of eating them. Sure, but intentionally inviting in, that. Right. right. But if I come into contact with them or they're cooked in something, it doesn't bother me anymore. And so it's very freeing to know that I don't have to jump through hoops every time I order food or have to go to someone's house and ask constantly what's in the food. Um, it's incredibly freeing. And the other thing is, since I was a little girl, um, when I was in the fourth grade, I was I had a very sickly childhood with stomach stuff and allergies and autoimmune stuff. And when I was in the fourth grade, I went through a lot of testing and they said I was severely lactose intolerant. And I've spent my whole life being lactose intolerant. I am not lactose intolerant anymore. What? I ate an ice cream cone at the beach um, and wasn't even thinking about it. I took a bite of it and had no reaction and then had a whole ice cream cone, which, not, you know, granted isn't the greatest thing for me, but I thought, oh, my God, I'm going to do it. And I had no reaction. And then I was at Penn State moving my daughter in this weekend, and Penn State is known for the Berkey Creamery, which mm. is – the ice cream is made by the food sciences students on campus by the local cows on the farms nearby. So they get the milk and four hours it takes from cows to creamery and they create their own flavors that change and they're very famous for it. So when you go to Penn State, you get Berkey. And I had my first ice cream from Berkey Creamery this weekend when I moved my daughter in. And it's like tradition. You go, you have to have try it. I ate an entire cup of ice cream and I had a zero reaction. Are you serious? That zero. is amazing. And I thought that there's no other way to describe it other than I have a new immune system that isn't damaged. That isn't sensitive to lactose. It's not sensitive. It's, it's, the science is, fascinates me beyond anything I can put into words. That is so the tremendous. Other, the other really funny thing I will say is my daughter and I did go to get pedicures before we moved her to college. We went to do our mother-daughter pedicure thing, and I've always been very ticklish when they do my pedicure thing. My daughter also is very ticklish. Like, she has to hold her foot not to kick the girl in the face. <laughs> and I had no reaction. Absolutely none. My feet are completely not ticklish anymore. Amazing. So very interesting little tidbits there. That's – well, it's it's – always surprising to me what comes up and if it's it I'm still having a hard time recognizing if it's real like I did not experience seasonal allergies this fall yes. or this summer yes. uh -huh. I was always in the spring whatever something blooming would just knock me out for weeks and so I started thinking well when is that going to happen and what was it that was blooming 
that always gave me issues. And I had never really pinpointed the time or the flower. And I thought, well, I'll just test it out and see. Maybe, maybe I won't need my allergy med. And sure enough, I have not needed it at all. All season Crazy. long. It's so interesting. So interesting. So what it is. What doubts do you have or doubts and like what reservations do you have about your recovery? I just mentioned that I'm, you know, uncertain whether or not my allergies might come back. Right. Or and, if and it's maybe, real. Exactly. And maybe some of this is still just the beginning of healing. I don't know. And I say sometimes I traded one pain for another pain. My, I mean, I feel to, to say I feel a hundred percent is not right, but to say I feel a hundred percent from what I felt from my MS before I went in for my transplant is right because those symptoms aren't there. And I struggled with them for, you know, so many years of my life. And as an MS patient, you do learn your new normal. So when you have something that doesn't go away, like my digestive system was so bad that it was my way of life or learning to live with pain every day, knowing I couldn't sit. I didn't, you know, I stopped going to the movies because I couldn't sit in the chair without having to move every two seconds to shift my body because my neck was so bad that I couldn't get comfortable. So I just, it, it was easier not to go. Um, it was just my normal. And it, and, um, I think now I have a lot of joint pain and I think maybe it's just residual effects of chemotherapy. And also I have been put into menopause. Um, and I know that that causes some joint stuff. So I think I still have a lot of healing to do and I take it right now. I'm taking this with a grain of salt and I'm just living. So people say to me all the time that I come into contact with that know me and also, I run into people all the time that say, I know you. I know you from Facebook. You're Allie Strong, <laughs> um, which is very funny when it happens. But they say, oh, my God, are you cured? And I say, well, I'm living. The only answer I can give you is I'm just living. Every day I just get up and I live. So I don't plan so much for the future anymore. That I have learned from HSCT and this journey is I don't really plan ahead. I just live for today. That's powerful. So powerful. I try to plan the little things like I knew I had to move my daughter into college and I had to plan for buying things for a dorm room and I had to do certain things that I could plan for. But the other stuff in life that we can't plan for, I am very happy to live for the moment. I never was able to do that in my life. That's not who I was. It wasn't how I was raised. And I'm so grateful to wake up and just, as as we say, smell the roses and mm. just appreciate where I am today. In the moment. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. wonderful. Moment. Wonderful. So what what promises are you willing to make to yourself in your recovery? to promote health and well-being? I like to promise myself, I don't like to make promises. I find promises to be like resolutions. Sometimes mm. they tend to fall through and disappoint. But what I do say to myself is, keep eating well. Stay on the journey of the life that you led before the transplant. You were living 
in a way to heal your MS in the most organic, natural way you could, continue that journey. Because not only is it healing for the disease process, but it's healing for life. I want to continue eating foods that nourish my body every day, that give me energy and sustain me. Not just because I am a person that has MS or maybe, you know, had MS or, but I, I eat that way because my body was born to eat health. My body just feels good when I nourish it. Will I eat an ice cream cone when I go to Penn State? Will I enjoy indulgences when I want them? Of course I will. It's my body. It's my life. But I will exercise and I will laugh and I will spend time with friends and I will start my new career and I will live to do what makes my heart feel happy now, not go back to what I was doing before, which was just surviving. Mm. I can't just survive anymore. Everything that I've been through and I did make a promise during my transplant. I'm not, I did, I did make a promise and I made a promise to a friend that's no longer here. And unfortunately I made it when she couldn't hear it. So I hope she hears it. I hope she heard it. And that is that I will continue to talk about HSCT. I will continue to talk about what she believed in so much and I will live my life the best of my ability and do what makes me happy. Thank you for that promise. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I, I, if there's any um, hope that she has heard it and even sees that we are trying to live that promise, um, I appreciate you being here now. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So, just a quick check in with even your daughter. You mentioned her and uh, the fun time you had with your pedicures and the shifts there. But what cost was this whole process to her? What did she have to sacrifice in order for you to be on this journey? Um, well, because I'm a single mother, she had a lot of you know, she had to grow up very quickly watching me be sick over the years. Um, I don't know if I would say she sacrificed versus I would say she learned. I think my journey with MS taught her some great life lessons. And my journey with HSCT taught her the biggest life lessons, Um, which is that there is nothing you can't overcome if you believe in it. When she came to the hospital the day of the transplant to see me and to be there for that moment, it was time to go and she was hugging me and crying and just, she was so full of emotion to have seen 
to be there for this incredible time in our lives and history, medical history for these things. Um, you know, MS has <laughs> been around for a long, long time, and they have never been able to find anything to stop this. There's no, they, they can't find the answers or are not willing to release them into the world. And to be able to be a part of, of this and watch her mother have an opportunity to get her life back and a future was very overwhelming for her. And I remember when she was coming to say goodbye to go to the airport, I said, what is your takeaway moment from today? What have you learned from this, mm. from me and from this journey today, from watching me go through this? And she said that, that I could do anything, that there's nothing that I can't overcome. What an inspiration. And so once again, I knew that my job as a mother was done because I taught her that, you know, perseverance, you just, you want something, you, you go after it. If you believe in it, you know, and you know, there were moments when I was very, very sick there. Um, there were some scary moments in Chicago. But you fight. You persevere. You just, mm. you just fight and you persevere. And she got to see that. And it taught her the same lesson, which is you just, you just don't give in. You don't give in. You don't give up. You just keep fighting for what matters. And what you believe in. Yeah. That's a powerful lesson to be able to mm -hmm. share with her and experience with her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. So if we shift now into what I like to call a lightning round, where you can give um, maybe whatever comes to your mind, if it's a one word or a quick statement, um, it'd be great to learn more in a short period of time um, before wrapping this up. Things like a superpower that you gained or that you feel more confident with after your experience with HSCT? Superpower. Mm. <laughs> Motivation. I think I gained a level of motivating others. Just on a level that I can't, it's, Different level now, different playing field. So that's powerful. Um, well, because what, at least in my experience, when I was sick pre-transplant, I the last thing I was feeling was motivated um, because it's just so tough to move through the pain. So mm -hmm. um, that's that's a that's a great superpower to walk away with. It's hard to feel like I can't do anything now. Mm. So what is holding you back from sharing that superpower with others? Uh, it's not. Nothing's holding me back because I have decided when I came back, I decided to change my life and give up the life I had before, which was just surviving and getting by 
to what inspires me and lights me on fire, which is motivating other people. And I had, I came back from Chicago, signed up for a program for school and I am almost finished now. Um, and I am already starting to go to work in what I, you know, my new career and my new life. Congratulations. Thank you. That's exciting. Um, so can you recommend a resource or a book that helped you in your recovery? Um, a resource or a book. Um, yes. I, I would say, um, I think, I don't know if any specific book necessarily helped me, but I, Resource-wise, I learned meditation. I always thought that the word meditation meant that I really had to put myself in a very quiet place and I had to try and shut my mind off and dig really deep. And there was a whole notion of what meditation meant. And what I learned during my process in Chicago on nights when I couldn't sleep and I was really sick and I didn't know how to make myself calm was that there are ways to meditate that are very simple, very simple. And that the meditation is a journey that you learn on your own for each person. It may be different and it helped get me through a lot of my days in Chicago and has since helped me in my recovery and I also found a level of faith that I never knew existed mm. because I'm not a very religious person. I'm super spiritual. I learned to tap into an inner faith and belief system that has really kind of changed my life and the way I do things. So, um, so in terms of meditation and even all of the different varieties, I think guided meditation, um, mm -hmm. or solo, mm -hmm. as you mentioned, like it can show up differently for every individual person and it doesn't yes. have to be a scary anxiety provoking, even teacher led thing. Um, right. And so just getting quiet and clearing the mind of distraction is so challenging yeah. in and of itself. Um, it's very challenging. I agree. Um, for me at the time, what led me into it was that somebody sent me family member. I think it was my sister sent me, um, some meditation through my phone, um, by Chris Carr. And it was recently, she had recently released her first meditations and they were simple. Some of them were just like, a few minutes long and it was listening to her voice, which is very calming. And it just was about quieting the mind and just, you know, and some of it was a healing about the body and how much the body is good for us, what, what it does for us and believe and, and how I could learn to believe in healing. And for 10 minutes at, in the darkness of my nights of Chicago, I would listen to this. And it would allow me to just calm my breath by listening to something else and realize that 
everything my body was struggling with at the time, it was fighting to heal itself. And I allowed my mind to go into that place instead of fighting the fear. I opened up to the healing and it allowed my whole body to calm, which I didn't know how to do before. And since then I'm able to sometimes just lay still or sit still and work on breath. I'm very big about breathing and breath and allowing my breath to calm me. And sometimes you can't turn your mind off. It's very hard to teach somebody or teach yourself sometimes to shut the mind, but sometimes the breath will allow you to shut down. Just focusing on that breath. Just focusing on breathing calms the nervous system and quiets down, quiets you down naturally and forcefully when you can't do it yourself. And I say those little moments are meditation by, you know, it's its own meditation without forcing something that you don't know how to do. And it's, I have to say, Jen, it has changed my life, Mm. changed my life. Slow down and notice. Yep. Slow down. (laughs) Um, so you mentioned meditation as something that's helping in your recovery. Is there anything else that contributes to success in your recovery? Shifting my beliefs. I don't ever look at a negative thing anymore. Even if I don't, if even if I don't feel good or something isn't feeling right to me physically, I try to remember that I'm on a healing journey and I don't let myself get scared I just try to think on the positive light. I let light come in. I just try to think of using whatever's happening as positive energy instead of negative energy. And I I really try to look at every situation in my life day by day, hour by hour as things come. You know, I'm in a very stressful time right now. I have to do a lot of different things and I had to move my daughter into college. I have to move myself in a month. I has my help, help my mom move. She sold the, her place and has to move in, in less than two weeks. And there's just a lot going on that could stress my system out. But instead of looking at all the negatives of how am I going to get it done? And Oh my God, it's so much pressure. I just think moment by moment, box by box, it's all leading to better things. And that's how I have to believe that everything is leading to where it's supposed to go now. And I let my faith and I let my spirit just take what comes. I, I just can't let my myself go to negative places anymore. I have come too far mm-hmm. with HSCT to ever go back to a negative place. I don't want to live in that place anymore. Superpower. That's huge. That's a huge shift and an amazing realization and a gift to share with others. The power of harnessing that positivity and living that positivity. Um, Mm -hmm. So can you name any strategies that work for you in maintaining that positive outlook and not letting the negative creep in? Yes. So I... I do do one thing that helps me, and that is that I started this after I came home, 
And I take, this is just for me. I have a thing about, I love sticky notes, but I stopped placing them all over because I really thought that, that doesn't work anymore. But I have <laughs> these very large sticky notes. They're huge. And I stick, I have two of them in my bedroom. So when I wake up in the morning, I see them. One of them, both of them are titled Law of Attraction. One of them is a handful of quotes that are very powerful that really connect to me. And I'm a quote girl. I love quotes. I find them very meaningful and they come in and out at different times. But there are a few I put on there that really hit me over the last year that I just left up there that I like to look at and remind me of how life evolves and is supposed to work. And the other piece is I put all the things that I want to happen. Instead of constantly where I used to live my life with the I wants, I want it. I, I want this. I want a nice car or I want that nice bag or I want, I would like to have that job or I want that. I 100% stopped I wants. And I'm now teaching my daughter, there are no more I wants. You'll spend your life saying I want. Now for me, what I, the things that I know that I need to attain go right up on my law of attraction. And those are the things I am going to make happen. So, for example, I um, have a part-time job that I love. I had it before my transplant. I've worked from home for 15 years in corporate America, but I had for the last two years, I had a part-time job working for a friend at her salon, working at her desk, just two days a week, two nights a week. And I just, it was very social for me because I worked from home for so long. It was a nice way to get out and connect with people. And I just really liked the very non-stressful environment. And when I left corporate America, I wanted to work a little more doing that. And I wrote it on my board, my law of attraction. And the next morning I got a phone call from her. So that night I had gone over it. I rub it. I say a little thing like, you know, I'm open to the universe for these are the things that I will have. These are the things that I'm looking to change. The next morning I got a call saying, so-and-so called out. Could you come in and pick up today? I know it's not your shift. And I said, sure, of course. And that day she said to me at the end of my shift, I'd really love to give you an extra day. Do you think you could take it on at, at this point in your healing? So just like that, I willed it to myself and it happened. Where attention goes, energy flows. Yeah. What appreciates, appreciates. And I just have been doing that ever since I came home. And everything I seem to put on the board that I put out in the universe with 100% belief that this is what I want and this is what I'm going to have. I don't just want it, but I'm going to make it happen. It's happening. It's coming to you. It's coming to me because I am willing it to happen because I'm at a place in my life where I deserve these things. I have I've worked for them and I'm open to them. I, I'm just putting out 100% positive energy. This is just something that I do that shifted for me. And it's just, 
I went from being a person that just was always like, oh, I want, I want, I want. And I never knew how to make the things happen. And I was negative and judgy and envious of other people's lives. And why did they, you know, why did I struggle with disease or why did I struggle with this or that or, you know, the, the things that single parents go through, blah, blah, blah. And I just, going through all of this journey taught me so much about who I am and the strengths that I have that I didn't recognize in myself. That's beautiful. And I now put that in the forefront of my life and remember who I am and that I am enough and that I offer so much to the world. And you are a warrior. I am a warrior. So what are you grateful for about your HSCT experience that has gone unspoken? Mm. It has gone unspoken. Mm. Good one. I... Mm. I am... I don't know if it's really gone unspoken, but I have to say what I am most grateful for is just learning to love the moment. It's just something that I never did before, and it's something that I learned from this journey. And I'm so, so grateful for the moment. I can feel that in your voice. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you so much for participating in this conversation, learning more about your new superpowers and capacity to harness positivity, set intentions for um, what will be, and that law of attraction. Is, those are such powerful tools that hopefully will help um, you throughout your continued healing and also others on their supposed journey um, and hopeful journey that hopefully more of us warriors will find out about HSCT and be able to um, find themselves on this journey of not just the procedure and the transplant and the awakening that occurs when you receive your stem cells back and you're literally at zero um, in terms of immunity but um, just everything, the power of everything that comes back to you from that moment of transplant forward um, and the shifts that occur on the actualization and being able to see life in a new way. I think you really brought that to light and I really appreciate you taking the time to be so, so articulate about your experience. Um, thank you. I, I thank you so much for doing this podcast and bringing the light to the subject, which is so important. And so many people need to hear it and know it and connect to it. Um, it's a beautiful thing that you're doing. And thank you for making me your number one. I appreciate it. And I, I really hope a lot of people, you know, respond and, and share their journey because you know, we're all, like you say, we're snowflakes. And I think it'll be very interesting for everybody to share their stories and hear, hear about them. 
Thank you for modeling um, the conversation and um, sharing all of your experience with us and with the world. And yeah, it's my honor and privilege really truly to be able to connect with others and share a light on all these individual experiences and highlight these snowflakes, our snowflakes, our warrior journeys um, and all of their individuality and the uniqueness in the world, but bring us together in that common experience of being an HSCT warrior. So thank you uh, again so much for your words and your wisdom. And I wish you nothing but the best. Thank you. I wish the same to you. Be sure to visit our website, hsctwarriorspodcast.com, where you can find notes from today's episode, submit ideas or feedback, and access the latest HSCT research and resources. Special thanks to musical genius Bill Allitzelser for sharing his superpowers to create the soundtrack, edit, and produce the audio to make this podcast possible. You can find us both when you subscribe on SoundCloud, iTunes, or wherever you find your podcasts. Take a moment to leave a review because your feedback will help to develop even better episodes, and your ratings will help other people find the show. Tune in next Wednesday for a brand new episode highlighting another HSCT warrior. Until then, be a snowflake and embrace your superpowers. Be kind. Be well. Be well.